0: Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where Andrew and I talk to experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev.
1: All right, episode 130. I'm flying solo this week, so we can skip all the the usual banter about the weather. But uh, Rich, if you're listening, hope you're uh, Voice is feeling better, and uh, look forward to catching up with you next week, mate. Um, just a few weekly updates this week uh, before we rip into what I think is a, an excellent interview we managed to do with uh, with Vesa and Dan uh, on uh, on uh, the SharePoint framework and, and some of the new SharePoint extensibility stuff at Build a, a couple of weeks ago. But before we get into that, let's uh, let's talk about some of the, the other stuff that's going on out on the in the community. Um, uh, Valen Gregorov has done uh, quite an awesome blog post about. Um, developer tooling and sharepoint tooling in particular uh, on windows now uh what I like about this is it, it doesn't just talk about the modern SharePoint developer. It talks about uh, some tools you might have needed or might still need if you're, if you're uh, looking after SharePoint legacy uh, applications. So check that out. It's um, you know a bunch of stuff around SharePoint search query, uh, some things around Camel Designer. Um, there's an editor tool, in it, which is a Chrome extension, and just a really useful bunch of links to things that you'll find uh, useful as a as a SharePoint developer. And look, while we're on that, um, there's another very good post this week um, by Danny Jesse, uh, which talks specifically about tooling up for the SharePoint frame, for SharePoint framework development. So, what are the things you're going to have to be thinking about as a as a new modern SharePoint developer? Um, the, the the you know things like Node and NPM and Yeoman and TypeScript and Gulp are all of those things that are you know going to need to be front of mind for doing SharePoint dev. So, another really useful little post, which is also a pointer to a a site course that Jesse's uh, that. that, that Sorry that that Danny's done. Um, Definitely worth checking that out. One of the other teams we got the chance to sit down with uh, a couple of weeks ago at Build was uh, some guys from the uh, Office UI Fabric uh, team. And uh, we'll play that interview in a couple of weeks, I guess, uh, as as the show progresses. But... um, I'm a bit of a fan of the Office UI Fabric, at least the concept of the Office UI Fabric. The idea that there's a, an extensible, sorry, an extensible and and, um, and, and custom and consistent set of uh, 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 controls and tools and uh, typography and uh, and design for Office uh, applications, whether they're developed by us as a, at Microsoft or by uh, by you guys as, as third party developers. I think is a very valuable thing. Um, there's um, a couple of interesting things that uh, that go along with that though and we'll talk, we'll investigate those and explore those uh, in the in that interview we do uh, in a few weeks but they um, one of the things is that um, most of the dev work from Microsoft is around the react framework for uh, UI fabric uh, and there's a, a few um, a, a few people doing some interesting stuff around uh, doing uh, uh, UI fabric with angular and so this uh, this post here uh, from uh, from Julie Turner talks about developing a people picker uh, in Angular with using the uh, UI Fabric, so definitely worth checking that out and, and, and using it in SharePoint. So definitely worth checking that out. Some some quite detailed knowledge about uh, how some of these uh, these framework things work, and uh, I'd, I'd strongly recommend if you're doing any Angular work with uh, with, with SharePoint, then uh, uh, this is this is worth having a squiz at. Another great interview we did uh, last week was, uh, was Bill Barnes um, and, and uh, some more details about Teams. Now, Bill was obviously on our panel that we played last week, but also I got a chance to sit down with him and, and talk in some more detail about what uh, Teams extensibility looks like. And I thought it was uh, appropriate this week to just point out that there's a, a, a public developer preview mode in Teams. So if you're using the Teams client, um, you can get at some... Uh, some bits that are coming rather than bits that are released uh, simply by setting the developer uh, flag and uh, I've got a, a, a nice little post here from the uh, the team's team about how to do that so check that out um, I've been doing heaps of uh, bot stuff recently and uh, this is not necessarily uh, completely office related but I think that uh, you know we think as we're thinking about being productive and productivity uh the the idea of conversations is kind of melding into the the rest of the productivity world, and, and um, just recently we've uh, announced that uh, we we've uh, added Cortana to the um to, to the the bot framework targets uh, and um, or, or channels, and also um, uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on around about Cortana skills. I don't know if you saw that uh, lovely little Harman Carmen speaker that was on stage at build that uh, that was in the demos and and responding to uh to, to to action so i'm looking forward to seeing one of those in the flesh but um uh building cortana skills is an important part of that and there's a it's quite a nice uh, post in the coding for fun blog on um on channel nine about getting started with a cortana skill set by greg duncan definitely worth having a squiz at that if you're looking at any of that bot framework stuff Perhaps more commercially, um, the Office team have published a, a, a guide on uh, going to market with your Office application. They've got a little, um, a little blog, little teaser blog post about how to monetize with Office and add-ins and apps. So just this is nothing very technical. This is all about what do you have to think about outside the technical realm. Um, you know, freemium versus premium versus subscription. Um, uh, how do you go about driving act- actively driving usage? Um, whether you do in-app advertising, what your strategy is for pricing, how how to roll stuff out. Um, I reckon this is a really interesting topic because this is not something that we often think about as devs. Well, as 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 business people, we have to, but we'd much rather be thinking about what's the app going to look like or what the functionalities it's going to have. Uh, but add-ins, um, add-ins and apps need to be marketed and need to be uh, need to be uh, uh, distributed. And so the uh, the office. The Office team have been doing a lot of work to to help us uh, to make that easier and of course there 's a bunch of partner uh, oriented people at, at Microsoft as well who are interested in helping you go to market with with your uh, with your office app or add in uh, so there 's a, a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity there too all right let 's get on to the the meat of this week um, uh, there 's a, a lots of stuff around SharePoint and the SharePoint um, uh, framework and extensibility. Uh, so uh, this week, uh, Vesa Yvonne, and uh, and Dan uh, are on the show. But uh, before we get to that, Vesa uh, sat down with um, uh, with well with Eric Shupps and uh, and Paul Schaffelin to talk about uh, in their in their SharePoint PMP webcast. Talk about uh, uh, the Visual Studio extension for SharePoint Framework. So uh, this you know lovely video uh, talking about. Um, uh, what is the extension? Why was it built? Who could use it? How does it work? Um, and then also some demos showing uh, exactly how um, how, it, how it gets used and what that F five um, um, what the F five uh, experience is like in uh, in Visual Studio. Uh, you know, one of the things I talked about earlier was the idea that uh, uh, the f- the SharePoint framework means that we've built, you know, moved on to a new and, and, and uh, exciting tool set uh, with things like NPM and Gulp and, you know, Visual Studio Code and uh, all those sorts of things, Yeoman. But, um, you know, we still can develop for SharePoint uh, in, in Visual Studio, and this uh, this extension is a is a great example of that. Uh, the SharePoint team have also done some really good work uh, updating their training and um, and uh, and uh, and developer resources on GitHub, and they've just re-released a seven-module series uh, on um, of, of developer training that is definitely worth uh, having a look at uh, on GitHub.com/slash/OfficeDev/slash/training-content. There's a SharePoint um, uh, uh, folder. Uh, and in that, the SharePoint framework folder, which has got these brand new seven modules, uh, getting started with the framework, deep dive, working with SharePoint content, deploying SharePoint framework to production, working with the property pane using React and the Office UI fabric. And then, interestingly, I think module seven is working with different JavaScript frameworks and libraries. So as I said before, React seems to be the the the. Uh, the the library that um, internally we've adopted for SharePoint dev and for other office dev, but we acknowledge that other people are using other frameworks. And so there's there's quite a nice little module on that as well. So definitely check that out. The, um, the training is, uh, is all available there and it's part of the, the wider office dev training content that I would strongly encourage you to have a look at Uh, lots and lots of great resources on that GitHub repo. Uh, Finally, before we start the interview, I, um, uh, I also sat down with, uh, with uh, Vesa and, uh, and Dan uh, for a Channel 9 interview uh, the, the, uh, that same day at Build. And so we've got the, a link to the video for that as well. Uh, the interesting thing about that is that uh, Vesa shows some, some demos on Channel 9 that we couldn't actually show on the podcast, of course. Uh, we talk about lots of the same stuff, but some different stuff. Uh, and um, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, 30 minutes or so of, uh, of chatting about uh, what's going on with the framework and, and with some demos in there as well so I've got a link to that in the show notes. Well, with that, uh, it's probably time just to, uh, to roll the interview I did with uh, Vesa Yvonne and Dan Kogan at Build uh, in 2017. So Build Day 2, Episode 4 for me today, and, and I'm really, really pleased to welcome uh, uh, Vesa and Dan. So can you guys perhaps introduce yourselves, and then we'll kick off with talking about the SharePoint Framework, because that's... What it's all about.
0: Sounds good. Dan, go first. You're, or okay, yeah. great. Alphabetically,
2: you're first. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> okay, I'm Daniel Kogan. I'm a group program manager in SharePoint in Redmond, and my team owns the SharePoint developer platform, basically, what we refer to as the framework. Cool.
0: And my name is S.A. Uh, I'm a Senior Program Manager in Dan's team, uh, so working on a SharePoint framework and obviously the SharePoint development all up as well. And community documentation, guidance and all of that falls on my category, plus certain things in the framework as well.
1: And of course, we hear your name on the podcast pretty much every week in the weekly updates. Thank you. You've, you've, uh, you've released something else, another webcast, another something, and it's, it's awesome. It's, that's uh, what we're trying to do. Yeah, so. Very cool indeed. So the SharePoint framework is, uh, to me at least, a very exciting thing that's happened in the last... I guess what, 12 months,
2: maybe a bit less. So I think the first time we shared it with anybody, sort of our MVPs was about just over a year and a half ago. And then we actually got the first version of the framework out in GA back in February. So it's been out in GA for a couple of months now, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's been a busy year. It's been a busy
0: year, and year, it, and it's an awesome platform, and it's super, super exciting, uh, obviously, for us to see people adapting on it. Uh, we're tracing back on how people are using that, which is great. Uh, and also, it's super exciting for any SharePoint developer out there, obviously. Well, let's, let's take a
1: step back there, because SharePoint developers have been around for a long time, a lot longer yes. than 18 months, yep. and right. traditionally, they've been doing dev work in .NET and, uh, and CSOM. Where does the framework fit in all of
2: that? So I think there's sort of a few high-level things to think about. One was simply, we needed to catch up to what people were doing. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of new development techniques, new tools, tool chains, frameworks, and so on, and we wanted to find a way, first of all, for our own devs in Redmond, to be able to take advantage of those things, and then secondly, for developers that are building on SharePoint, to be able to start embracing that technology. That was sort of one driver. Then the other thing was, quite honestly, people were already doing this anyway. Right. right, People were finding ways around what we had done and they were finding you know, how to inject code into their pages and so on. And so we needed to really put some structure and some contracts around, if you do something, we will or will not break you. How do we support you going forward? So that was another big driver. And then finally, there was a bit of a disconnect between what you could do on-prem and what you could do in the cloud. Right. And so we needed to find a way to, Not really necessarily give parity, because that's not ever going to happen. We're not going to let you load your DLLs in our servers in the cloud. But we needed to be able to find ways to unlock a lot of the scenarios that we knew people were doing on-prem. So those were sort of the how we got to why we needed to go and build a new framework.
0: And and really when I think about it, I I used to be working on a field uh, as a consultant and we were helping a lot of the customers uh, moving from on-premises to the cloud. Um, And we were being pretty uh, clever on trying to find out the ways they can actually achieve their functionalities in the cloud. Uh, and through the BMP we've been sharing some of those learnings in the past and that's one of the reasons why people are adapting this embedding a JavaScript uh, technologies and approaches. Now um, obviously as part of that uh, the, the engineering uh, realizes the requirement and the need which is clearly there uh, but we need to be more reliable we need to provide the same capability in a ri- reliable way so that the customization doesn't actually break off when it goes to the next version of the UIs or right. whatever we are releasing from yeah, engineering so. that, was, that
2: was one of the things that people were being very tricky in how they were able to get things done. And the risk of that was we were unaware of what they were doing. Of course. And w- yes. every time we did something, often with the best of intentions, we'd end up breaking them. Right. So there was a lot of effort in trying to find ways to allow them to continue to do similar things to what they were trying to accomplish in ways that we would then not, not break them going forward.
1: Yeah. Right. So does that mean we've imposed some limitations on what you can do with the framework? I mean, one of the things you talked about was not loading DLLs, obviously, because that's that's (laughs) something we're (laughs) going to break on people on on our servers. Yeah. Are there any other things that have kind of, we've stopped people doing or or restricted them from doing?
2: So it's an interesting problem. It's difficult for us to stop people in JavaScript, right? right? Sure. At the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. Right. What we're doing is saying, here are some patterns that if you do it this way, we will not break you. Right. And therefore, this is the supported and the encouraged way for you to go ahead and do these kinds of things. Yes. The truth of the matter is going to be, in JavaScript, you're going to do what you want to do and you will bear the risk of us breaking you if you don't follow the system. Sure. Yeah.
0: And, and surely, on the, if you think about the build and <coughs> announcement during this week, now, now we actually truly are enabling those uh, typical scenarios in SharePoint Online in the modern experiences as well. So the SharePoint framework used to be all about client-side web parts, but then people have other requirements and other needs and all of that. And with the latest announcements, I think we're getting pretty close on the on the
1: matching on what we need to have. Well, let's hook into those latest announcements. That's a great yep. segue.
2: So, as Vesta said, the framework up until now, at least what we've shown of the framework, was really all about a way to build new web parts. How to build client-side web parts and deploy them to the cloud. We heard loud and clear from a lot of our customers that the need to be able to do customizations that aren't contained in a web part, but that are things like, how do I put a header, how do I make a custom rendering of a field in a list, and so on. And when we shipped some of the modern experiences, we prevented you from doing any of those things. And we heard that feedback, and we know that people do those things, and so what we needed to do is find a way to allow for that to continue in some sort of controlled manner. Yeah. And so we refer to those now as SharePoint extensions. Okay. And so extensions is really the next big announcement for the framework. From a developer point of view, it's not very different from building a new client-side web part. Mm-hmm. You go to Yeoman, you get your Yeoman template, you get your scaffolding to build your project, it gets bundled, it gets installed into the app catalog. So the the pipeline and the process is very similar, but the use cases are now no longer an end user grabs a widget from a gallery and puts it on the page, it's a developer gets to put some business logic either at the application level or at the list view level right. or whatever happens to be.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. So, extensions? Extensions is one. Extensions, part to
2: uh,
0: part? Web part, uh, part-to-part communications between right. web pods yep. uh, using the, the SharePoint framework. Uh, well, technically, you could have been uh, able to communicate between, between the web parts already because it's JavaScript, again, yep. uh, hosted on the same page. But now we have a standardized way of doing that through the SharePoint framework. Uh, so you can send messages and build kind of a, uh, lists and detail views on that list and right. those kind of a web part scenarios. Um, that's when we start. That's only within the code, uh, but we're looking into obviously evolving that into UIs, UIs as well. Okay. So getting back to the level where we were with the classic web parts. And maybe the third, uh, actually pretty big one. And uh, apparently, Twitter. There was a lot of feedback in Twitter after our session related on that one. Uh, we are, uh, well, we are opening up the Open ID Connect uh, It's available uh, identities uh, for SharePoint Framework. And essentially, in short, what it means is that you can get a easily access token, or you can use the SharePoint Framework uh, Craft client uh, to call certain endpoints in a Craft. Or other services as well uh, in Office 365. Right. So you can access across all of these service uh, platforms uh, in the future uh, within the uh, within the Office 365.
1: So graph has been a huge theme across all of Build. Absolutely. Um, and, and and one of the things, of course, is that the Graph GA'd uh, access to, to SharePoint um, lists and, and 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 so on, which is awesome.
0: Now now let's be clear in that the would on accessing on SharePoint sites. Of oh, sites, I beg yes, pardon. Not Thank on you. The list. Yes, nonetheless.
1: Uh, yes, nonetheless. Um, yes, but. Um, but that's not all Graph's about, right? True. So tell us some of the other things that are going on with Graph that you guys are, are seeing and excited about.
0: Well, obviously, we are from SharePoint Engineering. So the SharePoint is, is a big thing for us. But that's true. The, the Graph has a lot of additional capabilities, additional endpoints. It's not just around Office 365. Um, uh, it's a Microsoft Graph. So all of the additional services or are, are other services are getting there as well. Uh, you can get access on Planner Tasks, well that in Office, that is in Office 365, but you can get access on Azure AD information right. using the graph as well. Um, and Personally, as a developer, I wouldn't say ex-developer, but a, a <laughs> ex-field developer. A recovering uh, developer. <laughs> <the> recovering <laughs> developer. <laughs> 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 um, I think it's super exciting that you have an actually truly a one endpoint uh, where you can get access to all of this information. Now. It's clear that, for example, for SharePoint, not all of our APIs are exposed in a graph, right. um, but gradually they will be, we'll be adding them in uh, additionally, additional things what you can do.
2: I think it's, it's early days still for SharePoint. Right. I think we're there, I think showing that we have some of the SharePoint endpoints in the graph is really just a hint to where we want to go and uh, over the next foreseeable future, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more SharePoint in the graph and really sort of trying to build out this O365 developer ecosystem, which isn't, I'm a SharePoint developer or I'm a whatever developer. No, no, this is an ecosystem and I pick and choose my data and I present it where I need it to be and I have Business logic that spans across several workloads and so on. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think it's really exciting. As, as a developer, yeah. absolutely, point, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And,
0: and if you're a let's say if you're a classic SharePoint developer, it might be like, yeah, but uh, I don't know, quite understand. Now, um, if we think about the craft uh, from that perspective, that if you want need to create, for example, a mobile device application, a native mobile application, how would you authenticate that against SharePoint? Uh, how would you do that additional uh, authentication and access and everything else with Graph? That's extremely easily possible, right. and then you get access through that one endpoint
1: to all of the services which the end user have. You access. don't need to discover where people, someone keeps their files. Exactly, the exactly. specific endpoint for their for their OneDrive is all just, just easily accessible. For you. That's right. exactly. Yeah, that's great. I really like it. Uh, and Graph, it's, it's. I think the other fascinating thing is how prominent the graph was in today's keynote, which is basically a Windows keynote. Uh, all the stuff they're talking about with Project Rome and the, and the ability to, to, to pass information about devices as well around through the graph. Yeah. And, and it, it really it's starting to show that vision of the, really, the truly one endpoint to rule them all that, yep. we've, that we've been talking about for a while. That's, that's true. Right. Yeah, it's really nice. You um, talked a bit about classic SharePoint developers. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I get the impression a little bit that, that we've left some of them a bit behind. Not, not on purpose, but you know we've changed, the, we've changed the paradigm, we've changed the way you do SharePoint Dev fairly significantly.
2: Yeah, I, so yes and no. I, we have very deliberately moved towards a new paradigm of modern tool chain and some open source technology and so on. And that said, we've also been very cognizant of the fact that most of our large customers still require a lot of the things that are in our classic SharePoint experience. And so, even from day one, if you look at the modern web parts, we were very deliberate about making sure that those would work in classic pages. So that someone could on-prem, for example, or even just on classic in the cloud, start making investments for training their developers and saying no, the next thing you build should be in this new framework, even though you're going to run it on your classic page. So it can
1: be an iterative process. And so
2: we're very deliberate on that. Uh, We're taking the framework on-prem, right? So we're not leaving the on-prem guys isolated and behind. We're we're being very aware of the fact that a lot of our customers, it's a journey, it's going to take them a long time to get there, but it shouldn't be one huge leap, right? right. We're going to give them sort of the stepped approach to get to where they need to go. So we're bringing the framework to them, we're giving them a bunch of the new tools and the tool chain and so on. Okay. So, yep, yeah, it's, it's a new model, but it's a model that's aware of the old stuff, right. I think. Yes.
1: So the tooling's another interesting one for me because you know, the first thing you guys are talking about, are, are, are Yeoman and NPM and a whole bunch, a whole new tool set that, that <laughs> that's most okay. .NET devs particularly, are going to be going well, and this, this is obviously a little bit older than just very recently, but it, but it's something that, but I'm seeing in my discussions with with, with customers and partners that yep. that it's a big change. It is a big change, and
0: no doubt it is a. We understand. I'm a classic farm solution developer. That's what I do did for a living for years. Um, so, and and you need to actually learn the new stuff. But we're trying to ease up that learning, uh, or make the learning faster and easier by providing sufficient amount of guidance, uh, videos, uh, reading documentation, all of that. Um, and the big thing about all of the, making that, de- uh, let's say, decision. If you, if if you if you're a classic SharePoint developer, a farm developer, you're saying I don't want to know, then you're never going to learn it. Right. But then accepting that, okay, this is the direction where we're heading with SharePoint. Uh, Also in on-premises when we shipped uh, the framework to SharePoint 2016 later this year. Um, I need to learn that. And yes, there is a learning curve. But after you've gone above that curve or learned the things, how to do that, you're no longer limited also on SharePoint. Now you are a generic web developer as well.
2: I think that's an important part of it. That Although there's an investment required in learning some of the new paradigms, they lend themselves to things well beyond SharePoint. Yes. Right. And so it's, a, it's an investment that's, I think, well worth it. Yes. The other thing that we're hearing from a lot of our large enterprise customers is, it's hard to find the resources they need to do classic development. Okay. And yeah. so this is actually unblocking a lot of people to say, look, I can go and take a front end web developer and say I need some SharePoint stuff done. As long as somebody around the org has SharePoint acumen and understands the SharePoint architecture, they don't all need to be SharePoint developers. Right. And so I think it's an important thing, you know, we heard from some of our customers says, this unlocks my ability to go and recruit, because I'm l- recruiting for a skill set that is actually readily available, as That's opposed to trying to find ten more SharePoint developers. Right. Those right. are hard to find.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I guess the other thing is the the work that you guys are doing in PnP, as as yep. part of that guidance and and and, uh, um, and documentation piece. Yep. Talk to me a little bit about what PnP is, how it started, and and where you know it, it's, it's evolution. Because it, you know I remember when PnP was Prism and 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 you know a whole bunch of things like that. Yep.
0: So we we originally let's go all the way back. So back in 2013, I was doing a massive massive uh, let's say migration project, taking one uh, global customer and transforming them to being cloud, uh, and I was. Spending quite a lot of time on that and came up with a lot of concepts and ideas and, and approaches, which some of them are, embedding a JavaScript on the sites and all of that, um, which are still uh, widely used. And, and based on that work, what I did, I had a lot of patterns, a lot of models. How do we actually transform uh, classic uh, on-premises customers to the SharePoint Online? And then we quite fast realized that, wait a minute, so we don't have this documentation anywhere. Uh, Our, let's say, official MSDN concentrates on adding, but that's not really the only solution. Uh, We didn't have any reusable components, samples, and all of that. So we started then this, our own grassroots effort. Uh, Initially, just a few guys, then sharing stuff, sharing stuff, and then marketing uh, found out that hey that's actually pretty cool uh, that's a great idea Use it. To rename yourself uh, to PMP or Office 365 Dev PMP. I'm not going to even say what are <laughs> our original names <laughs> and then um, uh, later on uh, we've, we've been providing reusable components and trying to the, the key point of PMP is consolidating how to field a SharePoint in on-premises or in cloud so that engineering can also know that okay if we tackle and give them the bridge to this new world and they, uh, for the, for, from the classic BMP to this new one, um, that will unblock these customers. Um, big thing for BMP also was that a uh, year ago, roughly, uh, the ownership of uh, the whole PMP was moved to the SharePoint engineering. Okay. Um, and then, as part of that move, the kind of a BMP is growing to be not only as a community channel, uh, but we're using the BMP also as a channel across the whole SharePoint development towards the community. So it's our community work, our open source stuff, uh, our documentation, everything is now in a GitHub. Uh, if you try to find adding more adding more documentation in MSDN, it doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> it's in GitHub as well, well published through dev.dops.com slash SharePoint. Yeah. So we're kind of using the BMP as the, the umbrella for all of our communication uh, and guidance and sample work as well. And it never never definitely would not have been that successful without all of the community contributions, the people who've been helping us on the journey, um, the people who are in PMP core team, the MVPs, internal people, also internal engineering uh, commitments as well. So,
1: I was going to ask you a bit about how, I was talking to the Office UI Fabric guys a, a little while ago, and they talked about how they have uh, you know, first-party and third-party customers, and particularly with the op- their, their open-source approach to UI Fabric, that, that was you know, a very useful a very useful model. Do you guys feel the same way about the stuff that you're seeing in PMP? As in the context of
0: now, I kind of lost it. Oh, so are,
1: are, are, your, are your PMP consumers yep. uh, internal as well as external, and therefore you're getting feedback from, from people who are using that, that approach? Uh yeah, I so think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. I, I
2: think we, the PMP project has really benefited from both getting feedback from outside the company, This is the real world. This is what people are trying to do. And then getting sort of grounded with, hey, these are our servers. What are we doing on our servers? How do we do it? And so trying to thread the needle between those two things to the point where now a lot of the concepts that were originally sort of incubated in PMP have made it back full circle and now are getting thought through in the engineering team is how do we take that functionality or that scenario and implement it in a way that we ship it or we use it ourselves right. internally. So it's it's, you know, uh, it's a, a full circle. We we often have gaps, PMP fills them, right. then we take that back, we start again. So that's the way PMP has classically been. Yeah. And I think what we're doing going forward is trying to be a little bit still reactive in that, hey, if there's an issue, they react to it, but also be proactive where how do we get the community and the customers aimed in the right direction even before some of the technology ships, right? Yes. I think a really good example of that was a year and a bit ago, the PMP team was already helping customers figure out how to do, you know, JavaScript on our pages. And we knew where we were going, and so that was a great sort of, hey, let's get people lined up, let's get them doing this stuff because this is where we need the to do right that. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So nice. so we use it, both to hear from the community and also to help guide a little bit. Right, true.
1: So, we've talked about what's sort of been announced to build uh, and the cool things that are going on. What are you guys thinking a little bit further out about Framework?
2: There's so much so more to things, come. many yes.
1: <laughs> the, the backlog is pretty yeah, massive, so we have a lot of ideas. We're
2: not at risk of running out of out new ideas anytime soon. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of work for us still with regards to the developer, developer tooling, uh, the workbench, is a lot of stuff that we imagine being able to do in the workbench. I think there's a lot of scenarios around extensions. So we've you know, announced extensions, we previewed uh, today at Build for the first time a few handful of extensions that we imagine. We will be going to developer preview in the near future with that. But I imagine that the list of extensions that we support will grow over time. Yep. So that's a bucket. Um, we talked earlier about graph. Mm-hmm. Clearly we have tons of work or opportunity, depending on how you want to look <laughs> at it, uh, with regards to what we're going to do in graph. Sure. Um, add-ins. Add-ins. We're, I mean. So we're doing a lot of work to bring add-ins into sort of this new framework world, uh, into the modern experiences. Sometimes it's less about changing the technology and more about just making the user experience a little bit more fluid. And so. Right. We've taken the existing add-ins as they are today and make them appear in the toolbox in the modern modern pages. So just sometimes it's simple things that just unblock people, and sometimes right. it's kind of radical new technology. We're we're all over the place with that Thanks stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and what and about for PNP? Have, have you got things new things planned or not more more uh, interesting? Uh, uh,
0: well, obviously, we we'll use the BMP as the as the primary chan- primary channel from the SharePoint engineering towards the community with the guidance and everything else. Uh, now that the, the ownership is is on the engineering side as well, which is super exciting. Um, we do have a biweekly calls on, on with the community, monthly calls and everything else. Uh, one of the let's say new things which we haven't been super vocal uh, is the Visual Studio extensions, mm-hmm. uh, actually built by Eric Jobs and Paul Scheffelin. Uh, under, I've been helping on the side on getting things up uh, under the BMP umbrella and that's that's really there. It's a great example of a community driven initiative and thinking, which is now under the, coming to the BNB umbrella and will help them to get visibility out of it. Right. It's in the SharePoint GitHub repo, uh, and what it actually does is that it gives you an UI and let's say Visual Studio templates. Which technically it's not a Visual Studio template, but still um, to integrate uh, the Yeoman template experience natively in Visual Studio 2015 right. and 2017. Because we didn't actually have that natively from Microsoft, Uh, so Eric and Paul Sheffelin were looking into that one, and hey, we can actually address this gap uh, as a starting point uh, with this one, and now we're looking into further enhancing that together with community.
2: There are are many great examples of sort of PMP in the community doing things. I think that's the latest of a very very cool example where we got pushed pretty hard by the community. We had, honestly, other priorities we needed to get the framework built and done, and you know, we're always resource constrained, and the community said, well, it's actually, here, look, this is how you would do it, and they actually implemented and right. so yeah. that's great. I mean, that yeah. we, we couldn't ask for more than that, that that's awesome yeah. for us. Yeah.
0: And other stuff, maybe what we're looking into is to start initiatives on the PMP or the, the SharePoint dev in general, I would say, around reusable controls in SPFX. Uh, we've been having discussions with some of the people who have already done that in the DeerKit but getting that under the uh, SharePoint umbrella, okay. SharePoint PMP umbrella as well. Uh, reusable commands, uh, commands for SharePoint frameworks. So kind of a collecting what the community is doing and helping uh, that to be more... Visible and helping that to be more beneficial for the community
1: as well. Awesome. Very cool. So So if people want to get involved in the the SharePoint framework, particularly the PNP stuff, where's the best place to start and how do they get in touch and and, and get going? So
0: there's kind of a two-fold work. We will have a refactoring of of our dev.office.com sites uh, pretty soon, but it's dev.office.com slash SharePoint. Mm -hmm. uh, is the official location for all of the SharePoint documentation. Uh, All of the adding documentation is nowadays relocated there as well. Uh, and, and so on. And dev.office.com slash PMP is our existing PNP page um, in the dev.office.com where we link then all of the resources, webcasts, monthly community calls, and all of that stuff as well. Um, I think we're publishing roughly t- three to four videos every single week, recordings of community calls, webcasts, and all of that stuff. So there's a lot of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we do, by the way, also know that it might be overwhelming, but what we want to do is to provide content and whenever somebody is searching for the content they can actually find the video right. and they can actually get interest. Um, you don't
2: have to watch them all every week exactly <laughs> you don't have to watch them
0: all every week you're more than welcome to do so but we do understand that there's different interests
1: different uh, audience for different things so very cool indeed. So, th- those those two sites, and if you want to get hold of any of the co- sample code and the code, you can start from there or you can start on the GitHub repos? Correct. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, you can go to the dev.com slash code samples. Yep. Uh, if you do a search in there for the React, you will set all of the React sample components. Or you can go to the GitHub repo as well. So, github.com slash SharePoint is our SharePoint uh, location where we have. Quite a few repos already. Yeah. Uh, there's SP DevDocs, uh, which is the source for our documentation, where we actually take also any issues related on SharePoint Framework. We have SP DevFX web parts, which has like 30 different uh, SharePoint Framework web parts, kind of an example Some of them are more advanced, some of them are more simple sure. samples of how to do stuff in SharePoint Framework. Excellent. And then the PMP repos, uh, the, which
1: are humongous as well. So fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for your time this afternoon. Absolutely, um, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing all the new stuff that comes out. And the, the particularly, obviously, I'm excited about the graph. That's one of my one of my passions. But but the stuff you guys are doing with the, the framework in general is, is is really exciting as well. So thanks for your time. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, that's all for this week. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all our podcasts, the developer program, and other amazing content. Also, make sure you follow us at Office Dev on both Twitter and Facebook. Until next week,
1: get your coat on.